And now on Hotline to Heaven Radio, Pastor Ladipo's Sunday Sermon. So we are continuing our series today on navigating the labyrinth of acquaintanceship, friendship, dating, courtship, and marriage God's way. Last Sunday, we had Dr. Sam O'Malley from the UK, and uh, he blessed us mightily uh, with the template of marriage. I understand that they still have about five of his books left, so if you know you have not got a copy yet, there are five books remaining. You can have your copy today. So today we are going to continue. I was hoping to close out the series today, but I understand that we have two Thanksgiving events coming up today. And of course, today is our Holy Communion service also. So we may not be able to finish today, but we'll see how far we go. So today I want to talk about where I want to continue from where I stopped last Sunday. So today the title of today's message is When, What, and How? Sealing the marriage deal God's way. Now, a lot of questions have been sent, and I'll be answering those questions during this sermon. Uh, I've grouped them, I've categorized them in such a way that I should be able to answer almost all, if not all, this Sunday and probably next Sunday. Now, as I said before, there is a way to do something, that man does something, there is a way people do things, but there is a way God wants us to do things. There is always man's way and God's way of doing things. The same thing with singleness and with marriage. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, First Corinthians 7, 17 says, but be sure in deciding these matters that you are living on God as God intended. In other words, there is a way to live as God intended. And there is a way to live not as God intended. There, is always, there are always two ways. The way God intends and the way man wants to do it. Then it says, marrying, in other words, marrying as God intended, or not marrying. You want to remain single until you get married. There is a way to do it God's way. There is also a way to do it man's way. He said, marrying or not marrying in accordance with God's direction and help. There is a way to marry God's way in accordance with God's direction and with God's help. But there's also a way to do it the world's way where you don't need God's help. You don't ask for God's help. You do it your way. You don't ask for God's direction. That's that way too. There are always two ways. And this was Paul writing to the Corinthian church. And he said, and accepting whatever situation God has put you into, this is my rule for all the churches. Not just the Corinthian church, even for the ICCLA. This is my rule for all the churches. Now, we stopped two Sundays ago at the question, how do I know the person? How do I know? That was the question we were answering before I closed two Sundays ago. Jeremiah 17, 9, is a scripture that we all know, but I want to read it from the Amplified Classic, and then I'm going to break it down. Because we read this scripture, and we think we know what it says, and I think we do have an idea of what it says, but when it is broken down, and it is amplified, it will give you a completely different view. Of the, it will give you a comprehensive view, a revelatory view of that scripture. 
Jeremiah 17, 9, Amplified Classic. He said, the heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it? Perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind. Now notice what he says, that even we are not even talking about the mind of somebody else. Let's start with your own. It's a rhetorical question that even you, and you are not acquainted, you don't even know, you can't perceive, you can't even understand, even your own heart or mind. Let's leave the minds and hearts of other people, even your own, that you don't know it. Now, when the Bible says that the heart is deceitful, I want to break it down now. You see, the word deceit, legally, and from our understanding, to deceive means to induce a person to believe that a thing is true, which is false, and which the person who is practicing the deceit knows to be false or does not believe to be true. To deprive is to defraud somebody by deceit. It is by deceit to make a person to act to his own injury. There are people in marriages today whose heart deceived them into believing that something about that person was true, which was false. They have been deprived by deceit and defrauded by deceit by their hearts, through deceit by their hearts. And they have been made to act upon that deceit, induce them to act to their own injury by making them marry the person that they married. And they are now suffering in the marriage today. Why? Because of the heart. The heart made, induced them, deceived them, to making them think that something was true, which was false. That's what deceit is. Then he says, the heart is not just deceitful, that it is deceitful above all things. In other words, whatever you can think of that is deceitful, your heart is deceitful even more than that thing. It is above all things. That is how deceitful our, the, man, the man's heart is. Then he says that it is exceedingly perverse. Perverse means showing a deliberate and obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable and unacceptable, often in spite of the consequences. In other words, even when somebody sees that this thing doesn't make any sense, and yet your heart will still make you say, go and go for it. Even though it is unacceptable, and, but your heart is deceiving you so much, and your heart is so obstinate, and to say, no, don't worry, ignore it, as if it doesn't exist, just do it. The heart is so obstinate, not just deceitful, it is perverse. It will make you agree to things that ordinarily, during dating or courtship, you can see that something is wrong somewhere. This thing doesn't make any sense, but your heart is not just deceitful, it is also perverse, it is so obstinate that it will, even when people are talking, to you, your mom is talking to you, your uncle is trying to tell you, your brother said, ah, but my sister, the people in church, your heart is so obstinate that you will still go ahead and do it. Then he says, the heart is corrupt. What does that mean? To corrupt means having a sh or showing a willingness to act dishonestly, unscrupulous. 
That is the nature of the man's heart. When it says it is mortally sick, it means it is incurable. It means the heart is incurable. This dishonesty of the heart is incurable. This perverseness of the heart, you can't cure it. So that is why the Bible says, once you come to Jesus, it's not enough that you have come to Jesus, that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life, and that you are going to heaven. That if you don't guard your heart with all diligence, that's what the Bible says. He said, above all else, make sure that you guard this heart with all diligence because out of it flows issues of life. In other words, what will determine your life, how your life will go, how your life will end, whether you will be happy, whether you will be sad, whether you, everything that has to do with your living on planet Earth, everything is going to come from your heart. So guard it, garrison it. Make sure that nothing can infiltrate it. That's why the Bible says that. And that's why the Bible says, once you come to Jesus, make sure that that heart, that you are renewing it. Don't just say, I am born again. I am born again. No, 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 no. Every human being born of woman, this is the state of the person's heart. So if you are a child of God and you do nothing about your heart, this is the state of your heart. It will be deceiving you. It will lead you into error. It will lead you into trouble. That's why the Bible says, renew your heart with the word of God. Once you begin to renew your heart with the word of God and the heart wants to play games on you and wants to deceive you or deprive you or defraud you, immediately the word of God that you have will come and say, no, 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 don't believe this. No, no, your heart is, no, no, no. Your heart is in error. Don't do it. The word of God will kick in and resist what your heart is trying to push you to do. That obstinacy in your heart, the word of God will break it. Now, based on what I've just explained to you, I want to ask you a question. Based on this scripture, I want to ask you a question. Do you think if a man is having a time understanding his own heart and having difficulty in knowing what his own heart is saying, do you think such a person will know what is going on in another person's heart and should therefore depend on that person and say, I know him, I know her, I will marry him, I will marry her. Do you think so, based on what we have just read? Does anybody think so? Based on what you have just read? The answer is no, it's obvious. Because even your own, you don't know it. It is perverse, it is corrupt, it is deceitful, it is uh, highly unreliable, it is dishonest. Where do you want to start from? The person that you want to marry, you want to say you want to know him. How? Even the fellow doesn't know himself. <laughs> A young guy who wants to marry, or rather, was he dressed up with the on the day of the on the day of the wedding, and they were the wedding was going to progress. And somehow the father of the bride was near him. So he leaned towards the father of the bride, the father, the, 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 the bride's father, and said, I just want to thank you for trusting me with your daughter. The man said, I don't trust you. I trust God. 
So the young man was not happy. After the wedding, he called him. He said, it's not personal. Even me, I don't trust myself. You want me to trust you with my daughter? I can't trust you. You yourself, you can't trust yourself. The man said, I have seen people who are very nice and they became nasty in marriage. He said, I can't trust you. I can only trust God. A couple went to their pastor for counseling. They were having trouble in their marriage. And the wife was saying, Pastor, I, this man is not born again. I made a mistake in marrying him. I, I was deceived. I thought he was born again. He's not born again at all. The man said, me. Me, I'm not born again. You, 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 are, you, you are not even born at all. He said, what do you mean I'm not born at all? I'm not a human being. You are not a human being. Because human beings don't behave like this. Meanwhile, they were supposed to have dated four or five years. Their heart deceived them. They thought they knew each other. They thought they understood each other. But over time, they said, oh, it's not like that. You can't know anybody. Even the unbelievers know that. USA Today, those of you who came for hand in hand, let's give the Lord a clap of for hand in hand. It was a glorious time. Pastor Lonnie, thank you for that hand in hand. It was glorious. Those of you who missed it, don't miss next year. It was, it was fantastic. So, she gave it a statistics from USA Today. USA Today said, the rate at which people who knew themselves for years, who are now 50 years, 60 years old, 60 something years old, that the way, the rate at which they divorce has skyrocketed. These are people who have, who knew themselves for years before they got married. And now they are in their old age, elderly, and now they are, they are the one filing divorce. So what happened? So they didn't know themselves? What happened? You can't know anybody. Dating can't help you to know anybody. Courtship can't help you to know anybody. To, to such an extent that you'll be able to bet your life on it. And say, so, okay, marriage is, has eternal consequences. Marriage is a matter of life and death. Marriage is going to impact my life. Therefore, I need to know this person before I marry. You can't know anybody to such an extent to be able to make such a decision. We have heard stories of people before the marriage. The woman told the man, I don't like missing church. If I won't marry you, if you won't follow me to church. Uh -uh. Even my father built three churches in our village. Follow you to church is the least. Uh, look at me here. I'm a, uh, my father is a deacon. My mother, deaconess. What else do you want? It's okay. After the marriage, he went to church once or twice with her. The first thing that stopped was morning devotion. It was the one that was supposed to lead morning devotion. He started missing morning devotion. Eventually, he said, no, I just do it with the children. I, 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 I just do it. I, 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 I. After that, 
he himself stopped coming to church. After that, when the wife was praying at home, lie your voice, it's too loud, lie your voice. The wife is speaking in tongues. What's that? After a while, yada your church, they stay too long there. After a while, he banned her from coming to church. And yes, he, she thought she knew him very well before they married. When you are in dating or in courtship, people put forward the bed. They want you now. They want you. So what do you expect? The person is not a fool. Stay with play the game until you enter the pockets. That's how it's done. Before the marriage, the woman was me, 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 gentle. Me, me, me. But I cannot melt in her mouth. After the marriage, you pull the tie. You will eat your mouth today. Mm. Pull the tie. He's pulling the man. Where do you think you, the man wants to run away to go? Where do you think you are going? Mm. You can't know anybody before marriage. It is deception. Your heart is deceiving you. Your heart is corrupt, it's perverse, it's desperately wicked, you can't know it. And that was why I told you last Sunday that yes, to try to know whether you are compatible, yeah, it sounds nice. Uh, whether you, are, you share the same hobby, you share the same interest, all those things they tell you in the world, they all sound nice, but it's all nonsense. Of what use is it that both, both of you love playing squash, but you just want to play with you? Of what use? Oh, what the fuck? We share the same. We love traveling. But, but he doesn't want to travel with you. She doesn't want to travel with you. After the marriage. So of what use? All those things that you claim to share in common that you are trying to know him. Because that's what they teach. They try to see whether you share some things in common. You love things in common. You like to watch the same movie. She does not want to go to a movie with you. So what do you do? Those things are not the important thing. I told you that the way to navigate this thing, to know someone, is to devote, and that's what Christians don't want to do. They don't want to do the hard work. Is to devote yourself to prayer concerning that person. And begin to say, Father, this fellow, is he for me or not? You know all things. You know what is going to happen in three years' time, in 10 years' time, 20, 30. You know I have no clue, but you know. You know the hearts of all men. Before we think, you already know it. If this man is not for me, scatter this thing. I don't want. Blow her cover. Those are the prayer points you will pray. Father, if there is something hidden in this woman that I don't know because everything looks great, everything looks nice. But if there is something hidden that I don't know, Father, blow her cover. Those are the prayers you pray to know somebody. Let me tell you what happened with one sister. There was a lady. She kept herself very well and trusting God for the person that she will marry. People who try to say, we'll marry you, marry you, try to pressure her for sex. She refused and continued to serve the Lord, to follow the Lord. Then eventually, one bubble came along. And she believed that maybe this is the person God has given me. 
and she really believed it and went to her pastor. The pastor prayed and they believed God that, okay, let's see what God will do. Then just begin to pray. As the prayer intensified, the guy that was so nice, so cool, he had told her that he was a chief engineer in one of the top-notch companies in the country where he was. And he even, she even tried to find out, you know, spend some friends. So yeah, yeah, they say, yeah, we know, we hear, we know, we know that. Yeah, it's true. Everything seemed to gel. Seemed to gel. He will send articles with picture of where he will pose with the president of the company, where they were giving him award, chief engineer, Gaga. <laughs> and the woman was happy. He drove, he rode to their family with a, with a, with a beautiful, expensive looking vehicle, car. They said, this guy that you got, you've, you, have, you have hit jackpot. Oh. <laughs> Prayer continued. The Father, if this thing is not of you, if it's of, of you, Father, intensify it. Make this thing happen. Seal this marriage for me. And I give you praise. I thank you ahead of time. But if there is something I'm missing, or if there is something he's missing, if I'm not for him, please, Lord, I'm your daughter. Brethren, the first thing that happened was that God connected somebody from another country entirely to somebody who knew the lady, who knew the man. And when they said, ah, mention the name, ah, you know, so and so, uh -huh. the chief engineer, the man said, Chief NG, what? <laughs> Help me ask your neighbor. Chief NG, ask your neighbor. Chief NG, what? He's <laughs> not engineer. He's NG fraud. The man was not a chief engineer. In fact, the man had told somebody that I will use this woman to come to America. All those posing, they are all fake. In that country, they can design magazine for you. Put the name for the magazine. Employer of the year, <laughs> and then he will post for you inside with his friend. Then they will carry one fake trophy, they send it to you. Not only was he not chief engineer, they discovered that this man was was sleeping around. Then he was owing people so much money. God raised up somebody who knew all this fact and said, I can call so and so for you on the phone. He said, Call the person. They call the person on the phone. Do you know, sir? I'm so and so. I'm with so and so person. Hey, do you know, sir? Oh, yeah, I know him. That fraudster. I beg. And the fellow said so many things. The woman almost fainted. When she finally recovered and called him, God now exposed. They said, if you saw the violent anger, violent anger on the phone, that it was a dragon, it was not the same person. I eventually banned the phone. You cannot know anybody. It is only through prayer. What prayer we do 
is that prayer will begin to ex- will begin to make the person do things that are hidden. All the things that she's hiding, all the things that he's hiding, they'll begin. Even he or she will not know why they are why she's manifesting them. Prayer is what is pushing it out. Prayer is what will expose all of the hidden things. Prayer will bring out from the heart of the person. Don't forget, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The only thing is that he has been restraining himself. She has been restraining herself so that things will, she will not speak from the abundance of the evil in her heart. But when the fire of prayer intensifies, mm, she will speak. But when you don't pray and you don't involve God in it, and you want to do it the world's way, where, where you are just moved by what you see and what you hear and all the nice things that they are showing you, your heart will deceive you. It is my prayer that that will never be your portion. Yeah. Now, we'll soon take our Holy Communion. Before we take Holy Communion, let me take one more point. I read this passage to you last Sunday. Philippians 4, 6-7. Philippians 4, 6-7. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray to God about everything. Including looking for the man. Including looking for a wife. Looking for a husband. It's part of the everything. Pray to God about everything. Ask him to help you with the things that you need. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you and thank him for his help. If you do that, God will give you peace in your minds. That peace is so great that nobody can completely understand it. You will not worry or be afraid because you belong to Christ Jesus. Prayer. I told you, and those of you who have been reading Battle Acts, it's also there. That if you are a believer, and I preached on it two Sundays ago, if you are a born again Christian, you need to skip dating and move from friendship. I've already told you exactly how that works from friendship to courtship. You need to skip dating. And skipping dating and going to courtship does not necessarily mean that because you are in courtship, therefore it's a must that you must marry that person. No! Everything still depends. It's just that with courtship you have a view to marriage. Both of you have a view to marriage. So both of you are committed that they are, we want to get married. Unless something happens, we want to get married. All things being equal, we want to get married. The Lord helping us, we want to get married. You are not just in dating for dating sake. That, well, we don't know. We are just trying to see whether we know ourselves, whether we are compatible. I'm not committed. You are not committed. Anything can happen. No. That is not for the believer. I gave you about seven reasons why you shouldn't do that, that you break your heart. Pastor Noni and I will be married for 30 years, but we never dated. It was courtship from friendship to courtship. 30 years today. Not today, but 30 years. Pastor Sam, Dr. Sam O'Malley. Dr. Sam that pre last Sunday, he didn't date. It was shortly after our own that he too found someone that the Lord has laid in his heart and he got married. He didn't date. No dating. Courtship. Prayer. Prayer. And you don't have to be afraid that maybe you will miss on the person, you will miss out on the person. No, you don't be afraid. Once you pray about it, even 
only if everything looks as if you are going to miss out. If God said that that person is for you, that person is for you. By the time, the time I prayed concerning person only, I told her she was already engaged. And she told me I'm engaged. I have somebody that has come to do the knocking in Ibulan. Say knocking. They have come to knock the door of the family. Ikwaka, thank you. They have come to do the Ikwaka. So she told me that there is not, they have, they have come late. They have come down Ikwaka, Ikwaka. I said, Lord, Ikwaka or no Ikwaka, it's in your hands. So I just told her, at least just pray. I know they don't quaka, but just pray. I've told you they've done a quaka. <laughs> However, because it has been ordained by God that Dipsin K is one that must marry Monique. <laughs> that nothing can change it. It has been ordained. Whether they do quaka or they do quaka equal. By the time God does all, did all his maneuvering and all, if I tell you, you know my story now, it got to a point where even the parents, they banned me from going to see her at General Hospital where she was pulling teeth as a dentist. <laughs> they banned me. They said, don't see her again. We have done the quaka. <laughs> and the quaka is for somebody from their village. Look, somebody from the of course, the parents will be happy. Yes. That, ah, this is our own. Somebody, Igbo man, he will speak Igbo. Ah, this is our own, our own. And now one man with Jebu man now came and from, from where to where? From where to where? You want to come and marry Newi? Who bought Alka? Me, I'm a humble person. I say, Lord, I'm a Jebu man. You love Jebu people. And I love this, your daughter. You can make this thing work. I wake up 1 a.m., put her name on my pillow, and put my hand on it. Prakosa Kosa Tita. Lindra Kosa Tomakaria. Fire prayer. If you don't want to pray, that's the problem. You pray. Pray and push the thing. Now, let me tell you something, though. I'm not the one. It's not the devil boy that caused this thing, though. I'm not the one that caused it, though. But two weeks before they have to do the second stage, the man's father. <laughs> In Igbo land, when somebody, you can't, okay, for because they are recording, those who are not, they may not understand what I'm saying, but those who are, the man died. And because the man died, they could not come, they could not continue. And God, during that period, God had been talking to her. She had been praying. My, uh, I was it, I was singing tenor in the choir. My choir director and uh, and the and the um, choir people, they were praying. So every prayer from everywhere. So during that period, because in Nibelheim they cannot do anything that is celebratory during that period. So it was while that thing was going on that God did it. <laughs> and the same parents called me and said, Deepo, we apologize. 
Oui, it's not something it's not against you. Equaka <laughs> cancelled. No equaka anywhere. And I asked her, have you prayed? Did you receive? She said, well, have peace about it. And that was how it happened. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that maybe you will not get what you want. Maybe you will miss out on the person God has for you. You won't miss out. Just trust God and involve God in it. Involve God in it. Once God is at the center, you are fine. If God is not at the center, that is where you are going to have problem. It was Apostle Casey Price that said something when he came for one of our events. He said, any two people, an Indian and a Chinese, an African and a Saudi Arabian, a Brazilian and a Mongolian, an American and a Papua New Guinea. It does not matter. Any two people can have a heaven on earth marriage as long as both of them agree that the Bible will have the final say. And he's so right. It does not matter that you go and marry from your village. If both of you do not agree that the Bible has a final say, you are going to be in big trouble. It does not matter whether you speak the same language, whether you come from the same village, whether you have the same culture, whether you have from the, from the same country, all those things are irrelevant. If the word of God does not have the final say over your strife or over your contention, or over your arguments or over whatever it is in your marriage, if the word of God does not have the final say, trouble. But if the word of God has the final say, it does not matter. You can enjoy a heaven on earth marriage. Glory be to God. That's why we'll stop today. Next Sunday, we'll be looking at when do I propose or agree to a proposal? That's our next question. When do I propose or agree to a proposal? If you have been proposed to. Tune in again tomorrow for Pastor Aladipo's Sunday Sermon, right here on Hotline to Heaven Radio. Great outpouring of grace.